Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan branch. This is a school, it is not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kennedy, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes throughout the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield branch was established in 1997. The present, the, at this time, I will introduce to you the dean of the Southfield branch, Dr. Marvin Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation of your heart in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English alphabet until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud, he merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show to you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. 
In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in the school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the woods of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional aims and objectives of the Institute and of the school are as follows. First is to help you to find and to know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, caste, sex, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern, practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the age dispensation and ages. Seventh, to discern and to avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, Satan, and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the ages, through the dispensations of time, excuse me. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men 
whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah, and tempt to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of a mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is to speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by the superintendent of the school, Dr. Jarrell Lewis, followed by scripture reading that will be Acts 17th chapter, which will be read by Dr. Alexis Hamilton. Our hearts and minds for prayer. We'd like to give praise to our Heavenly Father Yahweh for him allowing us to come here once again to learn about him as he truly is and actually exists. We pray that he allows us to focus on him, focus on the gospel um, with all the things going on in this world. We just ask that he allows us to um, see things for what they are. We ask for all these things in the name of our brother and Savior, Yahshua Messiah. Silas and Timothy remained there. 
So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and, re and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him, for he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily for those who happened to be there. Then certain Syrian and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. Because he preached to them the and the resurrection. They took him and brought him to the Pharisees, saying, may we know that, may we know what this new doctrine is of what you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all Athenians and the foreigners who were spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Pharisees and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown L. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. Yahweh, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Yahweh of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek Yahweh in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are not, since we are the offspring of Yahweh, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance Yahweh overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed among them. Dionysius, uh, the Arapagite, Air, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Uh, that was Acts, the 17th chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Now in some Bibles, stop right there, in some Bibles, and we do use different Bibles right. now, <clears throat> primarily I use the King James Version or the Holy Name Version. You know, they're more readily understood and known in the world. The way some things are phrased in them. You know, but there's some Bibles will say religious. some you're too superstitious, and others will say you're too religion, religious. You know, go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now to the unknown God. You know, and there was this invisible God to them, you know, this Yahweh Elohim which the Hebrews worship. This is an unknown God, you know, and they wanted to be, they had all these different idols and worshipings and, and names and beliefs, but they wanted to play it safe and say, well, we're going to have this inscription to the unknown God to make sure that they cover all bases. Go ahead and read. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Now, Paul, now I'm going to be interrupting you. Now, Paul says, therefore ye ignorantly worship him. And this is what we all had. You know, we can all basically say that. Now he says, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. What does he say? Him declare I unto you. Now I'm going to declare the one that you ignorantly worship. See, that's the one I'm declaring to you. 
this unknown God, if you would, because in our affiliation, we knew the creator as Lord God and Jesus Christ. That's what we knew him as. And that's not a name. Lord and God are not names. They're titles. And it may seem as if maybe it's a small thing, but it's a very large thing to come to that realization in one's mind that is not a name. They are titles. We've known them Lord and God and Jesus Christ and Buddha and Adonai and Jehovah and you name it, tons of names. But no one knows or knew or wanted to use this name Yahweh. Now Paul is talking about, I see all your idols of worship, all your methods of, uh, you know, giving homage to, but none of them are the correct ones. To the unknown one, the one that you say is invisible, that is completely unknown, that's the one I'm going to declare to you. And that's what we're doing today. We're declaring the name of Yahweh that's right. today in this time, in 2021, in this age, in this period of time that everything is happening for a reason. It's in control, people. It's in control by Yahweh. That's who we're declaring unto you today, this day. The name of your Savior is Yahweh. It has always been his name. It always will be his name. You breathe this name, Yahweh. We do it all the time. Some people may think it gets old, but try, stop doing it. Mm -hmm then you're no longer. I'm talking about the breath of life. That's Yahweh. Well, I don't want to call him that. I want to keep Lord and God. But you breathe this name. You don't want to call on him? See, Yahweh makes it straight up front, clear to us. We're going to declare the name of Yahweh. We have declared the name since Yahweh revealed it to us. We will declare it. We may not be liked. It may not be popular, but we're going to declare it. That's what's on my heart right now, this day, is because that's the only hope that I have. The divine title that Yahweh gave himself is Elohim. That's why it's divine. He gave that title to himself. Not only that, it goes according to the scriptures. It's not something we made up. This word Elohim. Look, the children of Israel. Many of us know the story. I'm just going to touch on some points and have my seat. But many know the story of the tribes. We don't have the other picture. There's one right here. This is this picture here is this section right here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I remember I didn't, I couldn't understand these charts to look at them. So, you know, somebody had to explain, well, what's this, this is different, but it's a lot of repeat. Right. So this section here is a land of Egypt, simplifying darkness, ignorance, death. That's why we have it drawn in black. Right. This part here typifies the wilderness of Sinai that was after they were delivered from this death state 
in the land of Egypt. They migrated out by the mighty hand of Yahweh after 10 devastating plagues. He had events going on in the world. Don't think it's so strange what's going on. Right. There were events, 10 devastating plagues that decimated this land. It would, you got scientists to say right now they see results of this in the land of Egypt. That's true. You see? So then the, this part represented one part. This part, this is the migration out. Egypt, the land of wilderness. This section was what was promised the Israelites in the back in Abraham's, the promise that was given, I will bless the land as the sand of the seashore. I will bless your nation. He promised them Canaan's land. Canaan's land is a type of heaven. So Yahweh's using allegories, metaphors, similes to bring out his point and his story. So we have this part, this part, this part. So this is on this chart called the Moses chart. On this plate here, you see this section here. This was the land of Egypt down here. Now we got this threefold plates. Uh, this the chart, the pictures are typified in a threefold manner, just like this is threefold, because we're going according to Yahweh's design pattern. So here's Egypt, here's the wilderness, here's the Canaan's land, if you would. Now I was talking about his name or title, Elohim, and I wanted to show you how these tribes were around this tabernacle that Yahweh instructed Moses to build when he called them up on the mountain. This is an exodus. This is nothing This our own imagination is directly from the book, right. the Bible. Right. You read the Bible, it's right there. Exodus, the 24th chapter, then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, 70 of the elders, and Saul. You see, it's there. Just read it, Dr. Hamilton, mm -hmm. for a moment, just to show you that it's there. I didn't make this up. But he had, oh, go ahead. Okay, mm -hmm. that's Exodus 24 and 9. Right. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You see that? This is just a picture. I said depiction of what is written in the Bible. Now, we didn't write the Bible. But Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley said he had a divine vision. And Yahweh showed him this. A vision means you saw something. He saw it, you see. So this is what he saw. And go ahead and read. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. That's his name right here. That's the divine title of Yahweh. It's so much. You can't say it all. You know, you don't even sometimes have to, you know, you get up here and you don't know how to present it. So you just have to go with the flow and ask Yahweh to please give the increase. Because we can't tell his story. He's got to tell his story. And that's why we don't want to be the one speaking. We want him to speak through the vessel as he did with this man. So they, they told him to, Yahweh told Moses to build that tabernacle, but the children of Israel had to camp around the tabernacle. And it was uh, 12 tribes, you see. And each one of these tribes had a banner. Now keep in mind, 603, 
550,000 people. Men. Fighting men. Men, not counting your women, children, old people, 603, 550. That's almost a million people, right? Yes. Oh, well over a million. Whatever. Okay, this number here. Thank you. Sorry. So six hundred and three, five hundred and fifty fighting men mm -hmm. had to come up out of the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. I want I want to hear again. I remember hearing how they marched down. Yeah, I think it was so pretty. Yeah. They marched out in the order. Yeah. You can't even fathom yeah. that many people being organized by one man. Why don't they have right. right. can't even imagine. Right. But uh, Yahweh, right. it's like he called those animals into the earth. Think about it. Just let your mind think about these incidents that happened, they're phenomenal. Out of all the animals coming in without stampeding, right? Or any of that. So they have uh, order coming in, coming out, you see. And he called them out. When he called them out into the wilderness, they had certain tribes, you know, certain groups. Here's the Southfield Brink group, here's the Lansing group. You know, right, right, trying right. to bring it home. And all of those groups had banners. There was a banner, try to write on this again. There was a banner of an ego. A banner is like a flag or a signal. March with me. Right, right. Holy right. flag. That's what it is. There was one of an ego. There was one of a lion. There was one of an ox. Right. Or ox. There was one of a man. A figure of a man. Right. Four banners. That spells the name, the title, Elohim. All I want to show you is we're not making this up. Right. We can't make up the breath of life. Comes from the tetragrammaton. We don't have all of our charts. That full size. Yahweh's telling us to do that. It's work. Yes. It's challenging. But we got to do a little bit more now to get what we kind of like was used to, had our own building, all the charts, we didn't have to bring in nothing. Just laid it out convenient. We did it for years, since 1997, many school. You know, that's what we had. But Yahweh's causing a change. See it over here, but we tried to, we have an hour after this class to break this down and get out of the building. So if you run up here sometime after class, look at the charts. We're hoping to have larger charts. But in the meantime, use what you got. Look at the chart. And this name chart here shows all of that. You see how the Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, or the Hebrew characters of those individual names, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. The tetragrammaton being Y-H-W-A-E. 
And I have to ask Dr. Ryan Brazil, what is the term that you always use when you say is no you use no syllables to to effortless to effortless phonetic glide. What is it called? Phonetic glide. Look it up. It's called phonetic glide. You don't have it's nothing, it's effortless in pronouncing. Just like the breath of life. You don't have to work on the breath of life. And when you do, there's a problem. You notice it immediately. I can't breathe, right? I'm just trying to short. But now you just. I don't believe that. I don't like him. He's breathing like you are. The little color isn't right. You say how foolish it is. I can't say it was foolish. So that's all designed to keep us distracted. That's right. Color, prejudice, all of that. Republican, Democrat, all of it is designed just to keep us on another tangent. But all this motion is going out here in the world. This is what Yahweh's been showing me. Nobody knows Yahweh. Nobody gives him a, a, a no credit. Running after this one, that, and the other. But no, meet crowds. I watch the ball games, just crowds. You would never come together to learn of your creator. Like all those people squeezed together to see a ball game. Think about it. You think you're always pleased with it? This is all over the world. But that's just my skill. I'm not angry. I am grateful that Yahweh pulled me out. But anyhow, back to the name. This was then Sigma, Eagle Lion Oxen. And a man, that man being Yahshua himself. That was the banner they came on out with. Yahshua, get over there for me in John. We talks about coming my father's name. But before you do that, I'm just going to talk just on this here and I'm going to have my seat. Yahweh is spirit. That's John 424. That's John 424. Go ahead. Yahweh. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen, folks, key point. Now, in the 23rd verse, it says what? 23rd verse, mm -hmm. but the hour cometh and now is mm -hmm. when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True worshipers. Mm -hmm. He's making a distinction. Mm -hmm. The time is going to come when the true worshipers. Mm -hmm must worship them in spirit and in truth. Now that must indicate to me, if there's true worshipers, like you said, then it must be false That's not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. The way they're worshiping him is physical, by works. But Yahweh is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. Must mean there's no, uh, what did you say? No alternative. It's not a choice. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. Read. No, because Yahweh. Okay. Oh, no, that's uh but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Not the Southfield group of people. Right. Not, not members over here, this group. Yahweh seeketh such to worship him. Now that's something to think about. Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, 
who causes you and I to continue on. He causes us to live. He caused us to get out of bed this morning. He caused us to be able to walk. He gives us our, our, our manner, our, our, our physical body, heart beating and lungs. He does that. Now, he wants you to worship him a certain way. That's spirit and truth. Go ahead and read. Uh -huh. um, Yahweh is spirit. He's spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So the reason being spirit, what is spirit? We don't have that chart. I think that was, well, that's not over here either, but nevertheless, the green chart. Mm -hmm. Spirit is the source, substance, limits, bounds of everything. The source is where something came from. The bounds, the limits is how far, how deep, how close. That's what this is. That's spirit. Yahweh is spirit. Source, substance, limits, bound, law, and eternity. Spirit is law and eternity. What do you mean? I remember when I asked that question, what do you mean? Spirit law. You ever heard of that? Why do the birds fly south? Why do the swarms of uh, fish that comes up every year, they just salmon, just measurized by it to populate, repopulate? Why do the seasons change? What about spirit law or gravity? You drop what falls, you drop, it has to fall. See, it doesn't relate to your age, your color, your denomination, none of that. If you fall off a cliff, whether you're old or young, you're going to hit the bottom. You see, that's called spirit law. So he is law and he is eternity. You see, that is Yahweh in his pure spirit state. And in this pure spirit state, he is the sum total of the divine attributes of wisdom, intelligence, and knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. Not that he possessed these only. He is these. It don't just have a, it's not just a smart God. He is knowledge. He is love. He is you. And what we see is a reflection of him. If you got any of it, you got it from him. So this pure spirit state of Yahweh is invisible, incomprehensible, and inscrutable. And this came together in a set position where he divested himself. Because you can't understand him this way. So he came out of this pure spirit state in part, then take all of pure spirit to come into the shape and form. But in part, he came out and he manifested or showed himself a transmutable, if you would, into the shape and form of Elohim. So we use the example, follow the examples. We didn't say nothing new than what the founder gave us. Instead of you take a, go out to the ocean and you scoop up a bunch of water from that ocean and you put it in that cup of water and you look at it and everything that's in the cup of water is in the mass ocean. It's just a smaller quantity. You see what I'm saying? That's the point. So what was here was here. This was Yahweh. This is Yahweh state. That's the clean and divine visions and understood in divine revelations. You see, you had to take on the shape and form. We use the example of water being likened to this gaseous state. H2O being likened to gaseous. 
that you can compare to Yahweh in the pure spirit state. The water or the liquid, when H2O condescends, it forms water droplets or the liquid can take on whatever shape or whatever form you put it in. That's this <clears throat> bottle. I can put it in a long cylinder to take on that shape. So water is likened to Elohim or Yahweh moving from this pure spirit state, took on shape and form. It's still H2O here, or still spirit here. The, our spirit still Yahweh here, moves into shape and form. Now he's in this design, condescend form of the water. Then he moves again, come on down further, like water did, or that water vapor, uh, water taken on that, that liquid form. Then it manifests if you cool it. What is it? Heat it or cool it out? Cool it down. Cool it, cool it down. It's still coming down. And then it forms ice, icicles. And you can still, you can touch it now, like you can touch Yashua from the sky. It's pure spirit, like it into gas. Elohim taking on a shape and form, like it into liquid. Yashua from the sky manifesting in the flesh, like it into the ice. That's H2O. But guess what? Is H2O in the gaseous form? Is H2O in the liquid form? Is H2O in the concrete or solid form? You see that? One spirit, two manifestations, you see. That's what Yahweh did, gave us something natural to understand that, you see. So he moved from this and he was wonderfully, he divested himself of his glory. Now talked about, that he wants us to worship him a certain way in spirit and in truth. No more after the physical form of worshiping. All of this here on this particular chart, you can't see it. Old Testament, New Testament, carnal ordinances, spirit of Yahweh or the New Testament written in your heart and mind. All of the physical ways of worship is no longer valid. It is out. Just want you guys to know that. Mm -hmm. It is out if you're doing anything physical. If you're doing circumcision after the spiritual right. reflection or type, it's out. You don't want that no more. You're doing ceremonies, all the power. I got to have Easter ceremony and this ceremony and that ceremony. It's out. Baptism, no more water. It's out. Don't have to dunk in water. Passovers, no more Lord's suppers. No more first of the, of the month Sunday's Passover. It's mm -hmm. out. If Yahweh says over there, he doesn't want it. If you can find the one scripture, I think in Colossians, touch not, taste not, handle not. He don't want any of that. Why? What you read over there, Yahweh seeketh such to worship him in spirit and truth. He is spirit. And when he came out of this pure spirit, manifested in this flesh, he went to the cross. He died this death. But before he died that death, then on the earth for 33 years, he was fulfilling everything that was written in the scripture. So that means all of the ceremonies or carnal ordinances that the children of Israel had to do as a type, he did it in this body. He, he, he fulfilled circumcision. Right. He was circumcised for it. Right. He fulfilled all the ceremonies. He was baptized. Over there, John III, he had to come in. He had to physically get baptized. That ended all baptizing for you. Right. He, he was the Passover. You see, he was sacrificed for you. So no more Passovers. 
no more Lord's suppers. He said and ate that with his 12 disciples. He fulfilled it. When he did it, he fulfilled it. It was over. Now that meant you don't do it no more. We didn't know that, but that's what it means. He concluded. We found out fulfilled means to end. Institute, as the world says, he came in to institute a Christian example, means to start. There's nothing in the Bible. I'm not going to go through it. Maybe the next speaker will. I feel like, you know, I'm ready to sit down. But I just wanted to just point, give you tidbits. What we're saying to you today is what we heard from Dr. Henry Cooper Kennedy. The founder of this school who had the vision preached what I'm saying now. Do you understand? He told us about the field. He told us about the things that the Messiah came in to do. He told us about that water. I'm saying to you today, people, and I conclude with this. We are fastly approaching a time like no other. Now, I didn't say that. It's in the scriptures. Go home and read Matthew's the 24th chapter. I didn't say it. I'm not the author of that. He says, such a time as never was before. He says, as of the days of Noah, pick it up right there, and I promise that will be down. Because what I want to point out to you is that it is important to know what you're hearing today. It's important. Three, six, uh, six, 36, 36 verse. Sorry, Matthew 24 and 36. Uh -huh. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, uh -huh. no, not the angels of heaven, uh -huh. my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. Stop, Dr. Hamilton. As of that day, if you read up a little further, he's, the, he's answering a question from his disciples. They came to him privately, tell us what should be the sign of that coming and the end of the age. Age is synonymous to world. Interchange. What should be the sign of that coming and the end of the world? This is Joshua answering. Read it. Start again. Um, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So he took them back to the days of Noah. So in the days of Noah, that's over there in Genesis, the sixth chapter, it talks about the condition of the world. Read it for yourself. Okay, but continue reading. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking. That's this part right here. So when Dr. Kelly saw this vision, he saw it all. He saw it from the beginning to the end. He saw the whole scope. Moses saw it from the beginning to the end. John saw it from the end to the beginning. These were visions that the creator had given them. Mankind's always been vision. So Dr. Kenley comes in as the seventh angel. That's another story. He sees a panoramic vision, which is all encompassing the whole scope of things he saw. And so this chart here is what he's showing in a threefold manner, the Bible stories operating by pattern. That's what this is for. They're literally operating by a pattern, showing blood, water, spirit, death, or resurrection. But this Noah preparation right here. So as of the days of Noah were, this is where this part she's reading. Go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. As of the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, 
They were eating and now drinking. They were eating and drinking. They were a normal everyday life. Yeah. Eating and drinking and marrying and giving in they marriage. Were marrying and they were divorcing. Mm -hmm. The self same things mm -hmm. going on. Having issues, political, uh, just everything. Everything going on. It was a world. It was a world. And Yahweh gave Noah a vision and said, it's going to rain. But Noah, what? Rain? He had never seen rain come from the sky. That's in Genesis. It says it was a mist that came up from the ground. It never rained from the sky before this time. So that's what we didn't know. But Yahweh has a plan operating. So he said, so he, so he gave Noah that vision. And he showed that the flood was going to be on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Be prepared. Build an ark and get in the ark. He said, that's the only way you're going to be saved. In the ark. You see, he saw Noah's sons before they were born. Told him how many was going to be in the ark. Told him how the animals was going to be in the ark. And the ark is going to raise above those floodwaters and sit on Mount Ararat. And the only ones in the entire world would be saved. Just eight souls that was in the ark. Some of Yahweh don't know you're coming and going. Don't know who he ordained to sit down at this class now and hear this. He does know. He's always known. And this is the ark, not this building. This is the ark of knowledge and safety, knowing Yahshua Messiah. Continue reading. Uh -huh. That's okay. Marrying and giving in marriage okay. until the day that Noah entered into the ark uh -huh. and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the, the son, son of man, man be. So when you go back there in Noah and Genesis, it says that it was evil. That's the part that's so significant. If you got it quickly, it was evil continually or only evil continually that was the state of noah's days see what we're saying is nothing new what we're seeing is nothing new you see what i'm saying six and five six three genesis six uh -huh. and five uh -huh. um and yahweh saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination <laughs> of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Okay, let's read that again because it don't sound like nothing I've ever said. <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but read it again. And Yahweh saw. Yahweh saw that the wickedness. He's looking at the earthquake. Read that the wickedness of man was great was in great the earth. In the earth, mm -hmm. and that every imagination. Of the thoughts of the thoughts of his heart of his heart was only evil was only continually, evil. not sometimes evil. It was only evil continually. Look at the latest events in this. That's right. That ain't evil to you. Think about it, people. To me, that's not ending on a sad note. It's because there was salvation back here. Mm -hmm. It's the heart. Mm -hmm. You see, that Yahshua Messiah in you is your heart. In Matthew, it says, When you therefore shall see, in the same chapter, the abomination mm -hmm. of desolation, spoken of by Daniel, the prophets stand in the holy place. Guess what, people? Here's the holy place. Here's the tabernacle I was telling you about. And in the holy place is some light. 
Does that say that in Matthew? Mm -hmm. When you therefore shall see the That's Matthew 24 and 15. Mm -hmm. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Abomination. That's something that's abominable. Mm -hmm. That is disgust. That's the grace. That's the epitome of evil. Of evil. Mm -hmm. Abomination of desolation. Mm -hmm. Desolate something old, decayed, waxed, rotten. You see what I'm saying? When you see that. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. This tabernacle here, which was told to Moses to build in the ark and out in the wilderness, had a court roundabout, a holy place, and a most holy place. The holy place, he says, stand in the holy place. What does that mean? Does that mean you run to the church? Let's go over there to Rome and to the cathedral over there, St. Philip, Silicon, or whatever and run to the church? No. The holy place is what he's identified through by this tabernacle pattern. And in the holy place, each one of these vessels were significant. There were three vessels in the court roundabout, three vessels in the holy place, three vessels, three and one vessel in the most holy place. But in this holy place where he's saying, when you see the abomination of desolation, stand there. Don't take a seat there. Don't lay down there. Stand, because you're ready now. You're ready. You're at attention. You see what I'm saying? These words are significant. Stand in the holy place. And in the holy place, there is a seven-branch candlestick. You see, this candlestick was for light continuously. It never was darkness. When it was 9 o'clock in the morning, they extinguished as the priest put the lights out on this candlestick uh and on the uh and at 3 p.m he lit it again so it was never darkness out here just like did you know that the children of israel for 40 years in the wilderness out here wandering around after they came out of egypt did you know they never had any light uh, any darkness yeah. there was that sign up there that stayed with them it never went down it was a pillar of fire by night and wow. the sun by day a cloud so it was never darkness in that whole stretch of land where they were. That's typified, Yahweh. Once you know Yahweh or deliver from Yahweh, you don't have no darkness. You're in the light. So he had a seven French candlestick here. There was also a table of showbread. The priests had to eat from that showbread. There was food in the holy place, you see. And there was an altar of incense. Well, guess what? Don't just stop there. It's not just vessels. Guess what? The Messiah who came in at the end of the 4,000 year died the death of a house cast dog. But when he came in, he said, I am the light of the world. Okay, look, here's the light. I'm the light of the world. No, you have to have illumination by me. That's what he says. He says, I'm the bread. This is in John. These both of the light and John. Light and bread. That's in John. I'm not sure of the verses, but you search your scripture. He said, I'm the bread. One man talks about I'm the bread. Right. You know, so you eat of me, you eat of his spirit, you never die, you never hunger. He says, no man, the intercessor, there was an altar incense. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. So you can't get to Yahweh but through Yahshua the Messiah. So he's the intercessor. He intercedes for us. He interceded on our behalf. He put himself in front of us. He was he was the one that saved us from destruction. You see, he interceded. So this is the holy place he's talking about. 
when you therefore see the abomination of desolation, stand in the holy place, stand in the light of understanding, which is Joshua. That's right. Eat of the bread of the food that Yahweh has ordained for us. This is heaven food, just like they had manna out there in the wilderness, rain down from heaven. This is heavenly food for you. Eat of that. He's the intercessor. Pray to Yahshua the Messiah. You don't know this to be the truth. Ask him. Yahshua, is this the truth? Ask him. He's your savior. He hears you. Ask him. Don't be too proud. Don't be too soulful. Ask him. Show you if it's the truth. He loves you because he called you by name as he called everyone by name. I encourage everyone to continue on. I hope someone got something out of what was said. I sincerely do, because this is the greatest thing that you will ever have in your lifetime. The greatest thing you will hear, the greatest thing you will know. I encourage everyone to please come back and study with us as often as you can. Thank you. And at this time, we'll be coming on Dr. William Uh, they, they found uh, wheels off the chariots. They found 
uh, spearheads. They found uh, uh, shields. You can understand. There's all types of artifacts that are, to this very day are in the wilderness. Or excuse me, that are in the Red Sea. As you know, uh, if, if you read, you'll see that uh, Yahweh poured out ten devastating plagues upon the people of Egypt back here at the time that the children of Israel came out. You understand? Now, I, I want to say this too, uh, and, and like her, uh, she said she wouldn't be up here long. Well, I'm <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and I enjoyed everything she had to say. What I wanted to say is this: that that uh, when my son was born, I have one son now, and when he was born, I was in the delivery room, and he took a breath. This thing about beating the baby and make them breathe and so on and so forth. You don't do that anymore. You just say, uh, those of you that are in the healthcare business, maybe you know that already. But eventually he took a breath. And when he took that breath, he said, Okay. He said, Yeah. I heard I heard it. I wasn't listening for it, but I heard it. He said, Yeah. When my mother died, she took that last breath. What did she say? You see, you come in saying his name, and you're going to go out saying his name. And, and you, can, you can believe it or not believe it, but you are constantly saying his name. When you go to lay in your bed tonight before you go to sleep, relax. You see, open your mouth slightly and breathe shallowly. In other words, don't take no big breaths. Just breathe naturally, you see, and see what you breathe. Now, if you don't hear... You don't hear that, you're doing it wrong. You see, try it again. You, you understand. Uh, I'll guarantee you, if you listen for it and you do it the right way, you'll hear it. Yahweh. Yahweh. You've been saying it all your life. You've been saying his name all your life. You see, and I'll tell you something else too. Uh, you know, these uh, guys that go to uh, seminary, you see. They learn something. Uh, they teach them how to hack. Oh, okay. So, so this. Okay. All right. Sure. Sir, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm, I'm thinking by the way. Uh, they teach them how to hack. And, 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 and hacking is what you heard when you went to church, you see. And God said, and this and that. <laughs> they teach them how to do that. They have contests, hacking contests. And they'll tell you in the seminary that George over there is the best hacker we got. Uh, Judy down there is the best female hacker we have. They teach everybody how to hack. You see, let me tell you something. You cannot go to the seminary today and not learn that your creator's name is Yahweh. Yahweh, that's right. You cannot do it. You understand? Uh, we have uh, a school in Los Angeles, California. I've been to school a long time, and I heard a long time ago that this Jewish fellow that belongs to the school out there in, in Los Angeles, 
that he went to he went to uh, Bethlehem, you, you see. He went to Jerusalem, you see. He went to cities over there in uh, so-called Israel, you, you see, uh, that were there were old synagogues. Some of these synagogues were hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of of uh, uh, years old, you see. And up in the top, most of them had domes. Most of the top. What, what did he, this is what he said he saw in, in most of the books. He saw the tetragrammaton. Y-H-W-H, -H, you see. Now, Yah is masculine, you see, and was an Adam masculine, mm -hmm. you see. Way is feminine, you see, wasn't feminine, you see. So if you put Yahweh and Yah, you get, uh, if you put Yah and Way together, you get Yahweh, you, you understand, you see. And, and his whole point was this, that that this name of, of Yahweh is nothing new. Now, history, they have used that word over and over the tetragrammaton over and over and over again. You see, and as I said, in the, many of the domes in the synagogues over there, they had the YHWH. You see, they, this is what they had. You see, they didn't have God up there or Jesus Christ. You see, that's not what they had. You see, why? Uh, it was even hundreds of years later that the heathens in Europe started using some of those names. God, German paganism. You understand? You see, uh, it just goes on and on and on. You cannot deny what the truth is. You can if you want to, and that's part of the world's uh, world's problem today. You see, they're believing a lot of things that aren't necessarily the truth. Uh, I love. I like the twenty first uh, verse of twenty fourth chapter of. Uh, Matthew 24 and 21. All right, I get this. Uh -huh. and, and, and she did, uh, Yahweh speaking through her, rendered unto all of us, you, you see, the condition that we all are living in today, you, you see. And nothing tells it uh, more plain than what you read here in the 21st chapter of the 24th verse of uh, Matthew. That's Matthew 24 and 21. For then shall be great tribulation, uh -huh. such as was not since the beginning of the world hey, to hey, this time. What, what's that saying? Mm -hmm. You see? Uh, all of us are, are, are intelligent to some extent, you see? It's saying, hey, things are worse now than they ever have been in the, the history of the world. You, you understand? But look, a hundred years ago, they weren't telling some of the lies that you hear today. Five hundred years ago, they weren't telling some of the lies that you hear today. Uh, I heard in the news today, uh, Biden's having a conference, teleconference with Putin, because he's going to try to talk Putin out of, out of uh, 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 yes, uh, what, what do you Crimea, call it? Crimea? Annexing Crimea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a great fear that, hey, this time next week, we might be in a nuclear war. Now, now, that's the reality of the situation today, you see. And Putin wants to talk, or, or excuse me, Biden wants to talk to Putin about doing anything rash. 
like attacking Crimea. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, it, it, Crimea is a country that is just adjacent to the old Soviet Union. You understand what I'm saying? And it's one of the few entities that today in this world is contradicting a lot of things Putin wants to do. As Putin is the prime minister of Russia, if you don't know, he, he's the president of Russia. Let's put it that way. I want to I want to tell you that the only thing that what is most important is uh, John 15, 16. Read that. John 15 and 16. Yeah. He, he, okay, hold it. Just get back. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, well, uh, before you read that, let's read the. Uh, John 15 and 16. Uh -huh. You have not chosen me. You have not chosen me. Oh, oh. You mean uh, I don't get any credit for getting up and putting on my new suit and coming to church today? You, you see? Uh, uh, Yahweh's saying that, oh, okay, you give, if you get credit for that, you better go someplace else. And I'm not going to give you credit for that. Read all. You have not chosen me. You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. Well, that's why you're here. That's why. Hey, why did you come to class today? Why did you come here today? You see, not because of what you decided to do or what Sally Sue talked you into doing. You see, he chose, he made the decision that you be here today. Guess where you are? Right where you should be. I say, I say, Sydney, because let me tell you, I'm convinced. This is the only place where you're going to find out the real thing. That's right. You see, now, now look, my father was a preacher. And I can remember days when I was a little boy, 10, 12 years old. We would leave the house at 8.30 in the morning, you see, and come back 9.30 that night, Sunday night, you see. And in between, there was as many as 8, 9, 10, church services you see you might go to a holiness church for a little while you might go to a presbyterian church for a while you see you might go to another holiness church you may go to an ame church you see i i got a taste of what everybody was saying you, you can see and most of them were damn liars I'm, i'll say it i'll say it i'll say it again most of them were damn liars you see most of them knew what they were getting you to do or to say or how to act most of them knew that that was not true right you see my father had a great debate i'm sorry i know how james brown i can remember uh, uh there was a great debate between my father who had a phd in sacred theology so what do you know anything about uh, 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 Yahshua fulfilling the law? Do you know anything about what the, the promise that Yahweh gave to Abraham? He said, through your seed, I will bless you, you, you see, and I will multiply your seed or your people like the sands of the sea and like the stars that are in heaven. You see, did he know anything about that? You see, no, no, they don't teach that in seminary. You, you understand? And, and look, Okay, so he's going to multiply it by seed. You know what Dr. Kim said about that? 
He said this. He said this. I don't know how many stars there are, but how many there are, there's one third less than what there used to be. You see? Hey, look, if one third of the angelic host was, was kicked out of heaven, which if you look up, that's what they teach. You see what I'm saying? He says in so many words, that's true. And there's one third less stars than what there are now. Now, here's the telling part about it. Here's what they say. When I say they, uh, Yahweh really spoke to me the other night. He knew better than the thing about astrology. Yeah. That's an act of deep breath. Let me tell you. And look, look into it. You'll see that the next few ages we're going into our spiritual ages. Actually, all of them will be spiritual ages. You know what I'm saying? There has to come an end to this creation before the next one can come in. You, you, you see? And, and flesh and blood won't be there. You see? Your, your, your uh, Cadillac Escalade, whatever, won't be there. You, you understand? You see? Uh, but here's what they say. If you take our universe, and I'm looking into this. I'm looking into this. I, I, I think I know what I'm talking about. And if you find out any different, please let me know. Okay. But let's say that this circle represents the entire universe. Hello. Let's understand what the universe is. Okay. Uh, there's, there, there's the Earth. We live on a planet called Earth. You, you see. We live in a solar system. And, and our our uh, our planet fits into the solar system. You see. And that solar system abides in a galaxy, you see. Now, most galaxies have 250 billion, with the beams, stars, you see. And then there are billions, get this, there are billions of galaxies. Not millions, billions. So what, what they did was they wanted, so these boys 18 years ago wanted to know how many stars there were out there, you know what I'm saying? They, they figured that they had to come up with a number to make it the whole thing relevant. You know, there's uh, this many stars or there's that many stars, you see. Less than so. So what they did was, of course, we went out one night and we looked up all those stars. So now how are we gonna get, how are we gonna count these stars? You see, well, here's how they did it. If this circle represents the galaxy, they took a small slice, see, and over a period of years, they counted how many stars there were in this small slice, you see. And let's say maybe they counted there were, they counted there were 100,000 stars in that slice. They multiplied that by how many of the small slices there are in, in, in the, the circle. And then they came up with a number of stars and multiplied by how many slices there were. You see, and if there were ten slices, I'm just using numbers. There are ten slices. See, that means that ten times one hundred thousand is one billion. One billion. Okay. The number they came up with. Now, maybe. Uh, this blows me away. Was uh, seven times uh, 
Seven times twenty-six zero. Okay. Look, look, and uh, if this is a thousand, the next three zeros is a billion. You understand? Just to show you how, how, how big this number really is, you see. How, how about seven times 26? 26 is zero. See, that's how many stars there are. Now, the, they'll tell you this that that represents a number larger than all the sands of the sea, whether it's Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, or wherever, you see. All the sands, the grains of sand on the beaches, you see. All the grains of sand in the world. There are more stars than there are grains of sand in the world. Now, that blows my mind. I, I don't know what the best yours. But that that really blows me blows me away. You see, uh, there, there was a problem on last night about the Sahara Desert. You see, and the, the, the very sound or noise of grains of sand as they're blown about, they sing. You see, there's there's the noise that they make. You see, uh, that's that's just how huge the desert itself is. And how many grains of sand that there are out there? Okay. And where did this teaching come from? I'll say this and I'm down. Where did this teaching come from? Well, very simple. This man here, this is the right the top of this chart, said that in the year 1931, he had a phenomenal vision and a revelation. You see. In other words, he saw something, then he received the meaning of what he saw. You see, vision and revelation. You see. Now, this man, through this vision and revelation, and through the understanding of the pattern that was given to him, I'm talking about this. Moses, Aaron, Adam, and Elijah—they saw. They saw the Elohim. Elohim is a contracted form of Almighty Provider. You see, so it, it is Elohim that gives you your, your strength. It's Elohim that gave you the answer to your prayers. You see, he goes that Yahshua Messiah, the Messiah, goes to the Father and petitions him what you pray for. He said, "Don't waste your time." You see, ask Yahshua to petition the Father that He give you this and He give you that. You see, and then, then beyond that point, it's between you and Yahweh. But this man, A.C. Kinley, A.C. Kinley, he told when World War I would start, you know, we end. He told that President Kennedy would be nominated, elected, and assassinated. You see, two years before it happened, two years before it happened, there, there are a plethora of things. And you know what? He taught some people how to do that. You see, and the way he, he did it was because of a recurring pattern of the tabernacle. You see, outer court, holy place, most holy place. You understanding the, the, the measurements and the items that are in the tabernacle, you see, he was able to predict the future. I, I take that back. He was able to 
tell the future. There were times when he'd be on the, 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 the floor, he would foretell that uh, Cardinal Scripps just died. And then the people run out of the, out of class or after class was over, you see, and turn on the radios and hear, oh, we just got uh, notice that Cardinal Scripps just died. That's that's how accurate. And, and, and look, the thing is, it didn't come out till later, but they found out that, 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 that when he said Cardinal Scripps just died, guess what? Cardinal Scripps is still living, you see? Remember when they had to get out of class and go out to their car, and at that moment they said that they just got a vote from the president. In other words, he, he could tell when people, prominent people in the Catholic organization and uh, prominent people from a political standpoint were going to were, were going to pass away. Give you some uh, he, he foretold about the, 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 the Korean War when the world thought that, gee, we just got through with World War II, we, we can't have another war or slam and none, you see? Well, he said, hey, in, in 40 days, we will be at war with the communists in North Korea, you see? And that came fair. You see? So what I'm saying is, he didn't predict it. He tell what, what was going to happen. You see what I'm saying? He didn't predict anything, you see? So everybody said that the cat did. You, you understand? He said, oh, he was different. You see, if, if you uh, heard old Zion, you may remember, remember uh, Captain Coleman. You may remember Oral uh, uh, Rock. You, you may remember Rex Hunter. You see. Uh, and now you have Joel, you have Joel Osteen. You have uh, P.D. Dakes. You have other prominent big church people, you, you understand? They all said that they had a vision and a revelation. But Dr. Kendall was the only one, he was the only one that said, yes, I had a vision and a revelation. Make me prove it. That's right. Make me prove it to your satisfaction. See, my satisfaction may be one, two, three. Yours might be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it took them everybody. Make me prove to you that I had this phenomenal vision of revelation. Okay. Now, I can prove through the Bible. I can prove it through uh, you see. I can, I can prove it any way you want it to prove. Okay. I can show you that, in fact, I did have a vision. I did have a revelation. Okay. And the answers that I come up with, see, will come forth from what's in that Bible. And uh, the lady elegantly said that he did write the Bible <laughs> uh, through Dr. Kenley, the way he, he taught he taught us. We we know for a fact that uh, it, it's a factual piece of documentation. We know that for a fact. So again, uh, I I just implore everybody to uh, to come back and study this. You will be happy to do. You will be happy you did. And, and let me tell you what, if, if you leave today and you never come back, you see, you'll never forget this day. You'll never forget this day. You see. And the closer we get to the end, the more about this, the more you'll think about this day. And, and you, I'm not going to say what you'll say if that happens. I know what you'll say. You see. I know what you'll feel. You see. 
you'll feel like, well, gosh, maybe that was right. Maybe I should have. Stuck with it. I'll tell you what, that's how do you think I felt when I first heard this doctor? Yeah. Oh, my sister came to this school off and on with me. Just being kind. Because I tell her, come on to the class. Uh, we were beyond going to church. You know, my, my parents didn't make us go to church after we got older. You see, because they heard the same BS that we heard. You see, and they figured that, hey, they heard what I heard. You see, that they're wasting their time. You see, and my sister would go. So the day my mother had a heart attack, I was, I found out I had a heart problem. Okay, and. Uh, my sister came to the hospital late that night. She said to me, what do you want me to do? What can I do? I said, get everybody together. And there, there are six of us, six kids. Get everybody together. We go to class tomorrow. And that's what they did. And you know what she said? She said when she walked in, now she's seen these charts. We have primarily five charts. Uh, some schools have more. So 95% of our schools will find this chart, this chart, this chart, and this chart. This is relatively new. That's what we do. And, and, and both of them are just a different way of depicting what all the others say. You know what I'm saying? These are the basic, the basic charts. And it's as someone pointed out earlier, they are, it's not that we are art, art levels, this is all about. What is written in the Bible? You see. But my sister said this. She said, I always looked at these charts and I couldn't make it a table. You know, uh, nothing looks together. But she said that day when she walked in, you see, something went off in her head and she had a deep understanding of what these charts were about. And she died believing in these charts. And knowing and understanding what they are and what they represent and what we should know about them. You know what I'm saying? And because she did understand, she she knew she, she, she shouldn't get that type of thing. There, there's nothing, there's nothing in the Bible. And I, I challenge anybody that's here to find me anything in that book that tells you a Gentile, and you're all Gentiles, you're either Gentile or you're a Hebrew. You see? Now, are there any Hebrews here? Okay, Gentile, I'm sorry. Everybody else is a, is a, is a Gentile. There's, there's nothing in that book says that you have to give tithes. Nothing. If it's there, you show it to them. There's nothing that book tells you you have to get, be baptized. If you say nothing, read Jeremiah 31 31. Jeremiah. See, the first five books, first five, five books of the Bible are the law. You see, the next 34 books are the prophecy or, or the prophets, you see, uh, 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 correlating what they understood, what Yahweh showed them that's in the law. Okay. Jeremiah 31 31. Okay. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, uh -huh. that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Look, look, that, that, okay, now the new covenant, that connotes that there was an old covenant. Right. You see? And look, there was never any law in the old covenant that said a Gentile had to be baptized. 
nothing in the in, in there about that. Right. You see, uh, read on. That I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That, that, that the house of Israel, they're Jewish, you see, and the house of Judah, they're Jewish. You see, Israel was split at this point in time. There's the northern kingdom, there's the southern kingdom. You see, now Jeremiah is saying, and Yahweh told him to write this. See, what you see, what I show you in the vision, Jeremiah, you, you write that, you see. Read, read on. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Okay, listen, that's the old law. That is a reference that is all an old law, you see, that was given to them after they came out of Egypt, see, and went into the wilderness of Sinai. You see? There they received the old law, and that old law then replaced with what? The new law, you see. Read on. Which my covenant they break, they, although I was a husband unto them. Look, they, they didn't do what I told them anyway. Uh, it was a waste of, it was an exercise in futility for them. I knew that they couldn't keep the law, you see. I gave, I made the man, you see. I gave the law. I knew they couldn't keep it. Read on. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Okay, that, that covenant, that covenant was just like the old covenant, you see. But now that law is a spiritual law, you see. You don't read this one, you don't read that law off of uh, tables of stone, right? Of a, a, a book, you see, off a, ta a, a tablet, you see. I'm going to put my law in their inward part, you, you see. The true baptism now is going to be spiritual baptism. The true uh, 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 cutting away of the flesh is, is now going to be a spiritual thing as opposed to a physical thing. Well, what do they call them? They cut across the flesh. Help me out. Cut it circumcision. Circumcision. I'm lucky to remember my name anymore. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, all right. Uh, thank, thank you very much. And if, if Yahweh places anything in your heart, then, as I said, as I said, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll greatly benefit. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Walker. And before calling on our next speaker, we would like to acknowledge every returning visitor. We welcome again DeAndre Scott. We welcome you. We hope you enjoy it. And for our next speaker, we'll be calling on again Dr. Martin. I'm going to say that it's perfect to be in the presence of this community. And you say, I, I dare to say, and I dare to say that the people that you heard up here that made mention of. The things they've learned and come to understand since they come to this people, they knew absolutely nothing about that, right? Prior to it, they did no research on their own to come up with this. Oh, there is this Yahweh here. So, in effect, what has to happen? 
and what has happened to you, whether you're conscious of it or not, is Yahshua just reached out and got you from where you were at. See, and drove you on down here. Many of us came down here kicking and screaming. Me for one. See, I had no desire to know nothing about no Yahweh, no creator whatsoever when I first came here. I came to this class for selfish reasons. I came to see what was more important than my wife to me. What was more important to her than me? See, I thought, see, old school, I'm supposed to be the center of your universe. And you up leaving me at home and going down there to find some Yahoo. See, but uh, the mercy of Yahweh, see, he called me to whatever you, whatever he, listen, Yahweh will use whatever it takes to get you to know and understand something about him. Now, for some of us, it was easy. For some of us, we came kicking and screaming. See, but it's the mercy of Yahweh that once he determines to decide that you're going to be a son, you've got the I can't help it. See, you ain't got no choice about it. You just going to fall in line because it's not your will, it's his. See, that's what brings it about. See, now the previous speakers went in there were very laborious with some of the things they went into to try to get you to understand, see, who this Yahweh is. And what his purpose is. Now we never knew. I, so I came here. I never knew God had a purpose. I thought this. I thought that Yahweh created the earth. See. Or God created the earth. Put man on the earth. See. And then stood up there in the sky and watched man. Hoping they were going to do right. But we didn't. So then God said. Oh my goodness. See. Then the Lord. Uh, uh, I forgot how the name is. Uh, Lord God, and the Lord said, God, look what they done did. See, they done ate fruit out the tree in the garden. See, I thought this was just a Bible story. So what are we going to do now? They conferred with each other and said, Jesus, come here. Now, I need you to go down earth, and I need you to straighten them folks out. I mean, this is what I picture. See, then Jesus went down here, and what they do, he said, come here, Father. So we killed Jesus and hung him on the cross. And since that time, we've been on our own. See, so it was up to us to do good, to be righteous, to obey what God's commandments were. Now, we didn't realize at the time that none of us had the ability to do that. See, you couldn't, it was impossible for you to be good in God's eyesight. See, we wouldn't, I wouldn't admit it to you that I was a born sinner, but I knew I was no good. I knew I did not live up to what I was supposed to live up to. The Ten Commandments slew me. See, on a daily basis. So I was worried all my life. See, now who in here just knew for certain that when they were in, 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 in any religion, who knew for certain that they were going to go to heaven? I sure didn't. I was absolutely sure I was going to. I don't care what my intentions were, how nice I was going to be. I even used to do this. And I know it's not about me. I used to bargain with God. I said, well, look, God, what if I, maybe I steal a little bit, but I won't kill anybody. How about that? That'll all be worth some points. How about I've never talked bad about my mother and father to their face? 
I respect them when they're looking at me. I might say I hate them because they don't let me go to a party. So what's that? That ought to be worth something, guys. Because I knew I couldn't live up to that Ten Commandments law. Then when I come down here, come to understand that through this vision and revelation, given to this man, and we're not worshiping a man down here, folks. But the reason we keep bringing that up is we want you to know and understand that that's the way Yahweh always worked. See, Yahweh always, just like with Moses. See, Moses down there in Egypt, see, minding his own business, see, living in Pharaoh's household, living good. So, listen, Moses had no reason to go out there and slay that Egyptian. He's living like a king. But Yahweh has events caused and puts you in position, puts people in position for his purpose. So Yahweh had to have somebody deliver the children of Israel up out of Egypt. And he told Moses to do that. So Moses didn't raise his hand and say, I volunteer. Moses was doing good. He's living in Pharaoh's house. He got all the Cadillacs he needed. All the Cadillac carry. They probably had it back then. See, so he's got everything he needs. So why is he going to rock, rock that boat? Because Yahweh has a purpose. And so Yahweh goes and gets the least person you would expect to do his will. That's why he manifests his power. See, so he goes and gets Moses. And he causes Moses to slay an Egyptian. See, and then when Moses slays that Egyptian, he's afraid that it's going to come down, so he has to flee into the wilderness of Sinai. Now that's the beginning. Now this is Moses, the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, so he's out there. So Yahweh's working stuff. He's doing stuff for his purpose so he can get his story from. So guess what, folks? You're part of the story. So Yahweh just called you to come down here and sit down and listen. What? Because he has a purpose. And his purpose is simply to reveal himself to his sons. Now we cannot listen. Yahweh in this pure spirit state is such a high and lofty state that we do not have the intellect to elevate our thinking and consciousness and understanding to get anything or come to know anything about Yahweh in this pure immaculate state of pure spirit. We don't have the ability to do that. Your imagination can't go that far. So Yahweh knowing this, so Yahweh knowing that he was had this power, when Yahweh having this power, the ability to bring forth whatever he desired, Desire to have a creation. Desire. Yahweh himself desired to have a physical creation. So since Yahweh in this pure spirit state, with no physical counterpart, decided to bring forth a physical creation with shape and form, this Yahweh in pure spirit, without any identifiable shape and form, desired to bring forth a creation that would have shape and form. Then it required Yahweh in this pure spirit state to take on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. So the creation would have shape and form. See, that's how it works. It's simple when you think about it. Right. 
See, but then you have to appreciate and understand how powerful Yahweh must be in order. He willed it. Listen, when Yahweh brought forth this creation, he wasn't sitting there talking about, okay, give me a little bit of earth. And let's see, give me a little bit of water. And we'll mix this together. Yahweh just willed it, and thus it was. Right. He said, let there be water. The oceans were there. See, because listen, everything that Yahweh desired to have, he already possessed in this pure state. state. All the wisdom that Yahweh wanted to impart it and impart to mankind about him now. Yahweh don't give mankind wisdom just so we can run around here and say, let me go find out what's in space. Yahweh gives mankind wisdom so he can understand his all-powerful state. See, so Yahweh is wisdom. If you have any wisdom, you got it from Yahweh. He just blessed you with it. See, you weren't born with it. You were purposed to have it. Right from eternity. All the intelligence that you have, that you see manifested in the world, Yahweh does not have intelligence. He is intelligent. Right. <clears throat> see, whatever intellect that you're exposed to, you see it, you come to understand. That come right from this spiritual source, or Yahweh from pure spirit, who manifested it in his creation. And why does he have to manifest it in his creation? To show his power. Not to show how great you are, Mr. Marvin. See? Not to show you such a great orator. See? That's what we do. We think we're such a great orator. Then we want somebody to pay us for running our mouths. See? So all the beauty that's in the world, Yahweh possessed that. <laughs> and all these nine divine attributes, see, Yahweh possessed it. And then all, the, all these nine divine attributes from this pure spirit state took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son of Yahweh. See, this is the firstborn, see, of the whole creation. See, Yahweh created himself, took on shape and form to bring forth the creation in shape and form. See, and listen, this Yahweh Elohim later on, see, manifested himself in the flesh as Joshua the Messiah. These three, Yahweh in pure spirit, Yahweh in visionary shape and form, seen only in visions and revelations as to the prophet, Daniel, all the prophets, Moses, Aaron, all the prophets, see, that you're reading your book, all of them have the same story to say. They say, thus saith Yahweh, why? Because Yahweh just came and presented himself to them and caught them right up. See, caught them up into a state of existence that you would not can imagine. See, and just showed them. Pull Moses up here. You see Moses laying down up here? See, he's at a repose state. Why? The founder of the school explained it like this. He said, now when Yahweh called me up, just like he called Moses, See, that's the way it has to be done to you, see. Yahweh will catch you up sitting right on your seat. See, you'll walk in here, drag in here, tired, you'll float out. See, and won't be no pain either. You won't be feeling nothing. 
you'll feel the best you've ever felt. Because you'll know and understand that Yahweh has imparted some of his wisdom to you. Little me. Why me? I know the things I've done or have it done. See? And I know that for this great anthropomorphic being to be concerned about me, to reveal something to me about him, now that's mercy, folks. You thought mercy was donating some clothes to the homeless. No, this is mercy. That Yahweh just came and picked you up from the state you were in. See? Destined to go there, the lake. See, but Yahweh just came down there and got you from where you were at. See? Just came and got you out of the street corner. Telling drugs, whatever you do. See, just came and got you out of the church where you were making all that money and you knew it was a lie, it was fake. See, I heard a minister say this one time say, Now, let me tell you what Jesus said about this. Now, don't look at your Bible because it ain't in your Bible. Well, how do you know he said it? <laughs> you weren't back there. And that's what the people said when they said, Amen, brother. Co-signing to stay the existence that we were in. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something, folks. I don't care what your intellect was. When you walked at that door and sat down, you were in the same state of mind. Right. You were in the same state of mind. You were just as ignorant of your creator as the man that said made that statement. <laughs> See, but Yahweh has to come and get you. We can't find him. Let me ask you this. Can you find the source of light? You can't find it. <laughs> listen, even the scientists say, listen, we know the sun's out there, but there's another light beside the sun. And we don't know where that comes from. We don't know what the source of it is. See, because that light is Yahweh Elohim. That's who the true light, and that says that you book. See, that's the true light that likes the world. That's Yahweh Elohim, or Yahweh having taken on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. Folks, it's his show. We just long for a ride. And you listen, I'm thankful that Yahshua picked me up on his way. See, why he's manifesting his creation. Because he has a place for someone that understands and realizes and appreciates who he is and what he's accomplished. And that's all you have to do. See, I thought you had to not cuss to be saved. I thought you had to tithe to be saved. I thought you had to go have Lord suffer in order to be saved. I thought a whole bunch of stuff. As a matter of fact, I thought so much you had to do so much stuff to be saved that I probably wasn't going to make it because I don't have time to do all that stuff. See, I got a life to live. See, but Yahweh does not. See, Yahweh has not placed anything on you that you're unable to do. And you know why? Because he's already done it all. He just wants you to understand and realize that and come to terms with it and admit it and put him where he should be. Give him the honor and glory. That's what he desires. He don't desire you to do nothing fantastic. See, you don't have to do nothing way outside of your normal self. Just be appreciative of the God. See? And you call on him every day, you just don't know about it. 
we just never realize. Now, what I want to do is I want previous speakers went over the basics, but I know a lot of times it seems to be laborious and it's hard to understand. But it's the simplicity of the gospel that catches me. It's the simplicity of you understanding. When you understand the simplicity of this gospel, you understand how much Yahweh loved the world. That he would break himself down to the point that even, listen, my granddaughter. No, do you have that scripture or something? No. No, okay. What scripture you want? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we're out of time. But anyhow, what you have to come back for, folks, we need to come back because there's a pattern in operation here that allows you to come and know and understand your creator as he really is and actually exists. No joke. See, no taking anybody's word for it, not necessarily do that. See, now, the previous speaker talked about, we talked about this Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh appears here, Yahweh Elohim taking on shape and form, and Yahshua the Messiah, which is Yahweh manifested in the flesh. See, now that's a threefold nature of Yahweh. Now, do you know and understand that everything in this creation is threefold? And it's threefold like that to witness to him, not to witness to how smart I am that I figured that out. Because I didn't have a clue about it. I didn't understand that, listen, even you yourself as an individual are threefold in nature. See, you're a head cavity, a chest cavity, and a abdominal cavity. And there's just one you. See, and let's guess what? Here's how you know that Yahweh truly did truly does exist in pure spirit, truly does manifest in visions and revelations of Yahweh Elohim, then manifested in the flesh and walked the earth known as Yahshua Messiah, who the world called Jesus Christ. Because how do you know these three are one? It's because your three are one. Your head cavity, your chest cavity, your abdominal cavity. Now, which one can you do without? Can't do without either one of them. There's no more you if you do. Is that right? Because, listen, you're a witness to Yahweh himself. If he created you, he created you in his image. Don't, ain't that what the book says? So if you're created in his image and his likeness, then you have to reflect him. See, we heard that all our lives. See, you made the image and the likeness of God. But nobody ever told us how. See? And it took Yahweh himself to explain it to mankind. Because we'd have never figured it out. Your head cavity, chest cavity, abdominal cavity. You're threefold, yet you're one. And each one of those parts of your body has a distinct function of its own. And guess what? Even though it has a distinct function of its own, head cavity, chest cavity, abdominal cavity, they all work in unison. They are a unity. That's not a trinity. You can't do without one of them. See? And I'll tell you something else, too. If something happens to this abdominal cavity, you feel it in your most holy place or your head cavity. It's wearing the conscious of it. See? So that's why all of that is done. It's like that, folks, to point you to who your creator, who the creator is, and what he intended to you. And Yahweh didn't give you all of these treasures and place all of these things right at your fingertips. If he doesn't want you to be saved, Yahweh desires that his sons be delivered from death 
Sunday break. See, he doesn't want you to go there. See, just like he, he reserved some of that angelic hope to be with him in eternity. See, that he reserves some of those, some of us that are in this earth plane. See, we've been we're being reserved or preserved. See, that we may become a part of this great anthropomorphic being when Yahweh decides to take this thing and this creation out and bring forth another creation. This is not the first creation there ever was. And it won't be the last. But Yahweh is eternal. See, we're temporal. These physical bodies is what I mean. It's temporal. See, these arms and legs, they're not going to last forever. But the spirit, see, that Yahweh has placed in you, that's eternal. It will exist forever. And listen, I'm going to say this right quick, and then I'm going to be down. And I hope I said something that gave you some kind of understanding of what you're in front of, folks. See, and you look around and you say, well, there ain't that very many people in here. There never was, Father Joshua. You know anything about the scripture, you go around there, there wasn't a lot of people following him. He didn't have the 12 that followed him. But one of them was a faith. And you had to replace him. See? So you wasn't around here talking about, I'm going to follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Listen, the crowd, listen. The crowd never did follow this one, Joshua. He only had 12. Do you understand? And that's the same 12, see, that he took over. See, and made them sons of Yahweh. See, that they would not preach the world and understood. And save mankind some soul. See, that's how Yahweh works. When you see the crowd, you all turn around and run. Took me a long time to understand that. See, and you go back through the history everywhere in that Bible, Yahweh always ever, never dealt with large groups of people. He had to listen. These Egyptians, I mean, these Israelites that were down there. Now, she just told you there's over a million people came about here. That sounds like a lot of people, doesn't it? Not with, all the, not with all the billions of people that are in the earth. That's a small amount. They'd drop in the bucket. They would make a good army compared to the rest of the world population. You see what I'm saying? So that's a small group. And your mind is big because your brain is so small. See, but Yahweh has always worked with a so-called insignificant number of people, a group of people. So when Yahweh told the children of Israel to come up out of the land of Egypt, now they're fighting Pharaoh and the Egyptians, the most powerful force on earth at the time, physical force. Now what did Yahweh tell them to do to come up out of Egypt? Now what me and you, listen, listen. Felicia, let's me and you figure out how to get out of Egypt. So listen, what we're going to need now, we're going to need some guns. We're going to need some real soldiers. We're going to need some ammunition. We're going to need some fire. What did Yahweh tell them, Egyptians? I'm telling them, he gives their life. Take out a lamb. Take out a lamb. What? Take out a lamb? Pharaoh got chariots. See, but listen. Why take out a lamb? Because now you wouldn't appreciate Yahweh's power if he gave you some gun. That's you did. If Yahweh would have made them children of Israel as strong and mighty as Pharaoh, 
guess what they have thought? We got all up out of there. We don't want to see them up out of there. So Yahweh told them to take out a lamb. And why did he tell them to take out a lamb? Because that lamb is pointing to this Yahshua the Messiah. See, John, see, John, when he's doing his baptism, he sees Yahshua coming. What's he say? Behold the lamb. Because, listen, that was the same lamb. Yahshua is the true lamb that delivered them from Egypt. See, and he was down in Egypt. And listen, this is why mankind had messed it up. See, there was one down there in Egypt. See, and his name, the world says his name was Joshua. But here's the secret, folks. You got to come back with the story. His true name was Joshua. Joshua was down there. Thank you very much. That concludes our lecture for this this morning's class. Okay, there were 24 people in attendance, and six, uh, 20 more online. 20 more on Zoom. We thank our Zoom attendees for visiting with us, and for all of you that are visiting that have come out today to hear the gospel. Um, before having doxology, there is a, a card at the back table also for one of our brethren. Please stop by and, and sign the card. We will have classes again. We will notify NF to in-person classes. Keep our eyes on the condition and what's going on as far as the, the status of things uh, with this new variant and whatnot. But, you know, we will, you know, keep, we're going to try again for the Sunday after next. Stay with the every other Sunday in person, but we will be informing for sure. Our classes are held every Tuesday and Thursdays on Zoom from 6.30 until 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays, every other Sunday on Zoom from 11.30 until 1.30 and in-person Sunday from 11 to 1. So again, thank everyone for coming out. We encourage our visitors to please study with us again. Uh, you will never regret this. May we all stand for that solid. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.